Welcome to Stoner Chicks, the podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. I'm Kayla Teal. I'm Phoebe Richards. I'm Stephanie Thompson. And I'm Grace Penzel. And we're so freaking stoked to be with you today, as always. And on this Black of Fridays. <laughs> yeah, today's Black Friday. Oh, yeah. When I'll you're be... listening to this, it is Black Friday. And I'll be shucking beer at Pike Place Market. <laughs> really? On Black I, Friday? On Black Friday, yeah. I just got a, a note from my boss. I'll be working a long shift. Oh, Fun. Don't, don't come see me. I'll be angry. <laughs> I will probably be at home in my pajamas most of that day. That's my guess. I don't actually know what I'll be doing on this day that is today. <laughs> I keep hearing that we should not be buying our Christmas gifts online this year because they will not arrive in time, likely. So I guess my goal is today to not order anything online and to support local businesses. Yeah, I think I'm going to make, well, I don't mean to like spoil it, you guys are all going to get homemade jam from Fanny. Yay! <gasps> Fanny I'm jam. I do a homemade fanny jam for Christmas this year. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're making jam? I'm going to make some jam. That sounds amazing. I can't wait. Do you know what kind of jam? I last a few holidays ago I did a I did a what was a strawberry, but I think I might do something a little snazzy this time. Ooh, I'm down for whatever, really. Snazzy yeah. jam. It's going to be snazzy fanny jam. Snazzy Oh, Fanny's snazzy jam. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's got the name already. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so good. Can I tell you guys about something really weird and crazy? Please. Yeah. Um, Please. Okay, so I watched an interview with Mila Kunis a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. and she's doing this crazy thing where she's launching kind of a, a family of tv shows or a network or something then the only way you can watch the shows is by buying nft tokens non-fungible tokens um what's and that one, like crypto yeah it's it's cryptocurrency um yeah basically it's a unit of data stored on a digital ledger called a blockchain which can be sold and traded and it can be associated with a particular like digital image um and so yeah basically she has this show called stoner cats that actually looks like the animation is really good but you can't watch it anywhere unless you buy an NFT. And Jeff was helping me look it up earlier and saw that in order to get one of the NFTs, he could make an offer for $862. What? That's the most expensive TV show about stoner cats I've ever heard of. I have a family member that I think could possibly get this for free. Ooh. Interesting. 
Um, but yeah, she, she was kind of talking about it. Like it was like, we're all in this cute little community that gets to decide. Oh, and that the, that the watchers, the viewers get to decide what happens and stuff. But I was like, how cute is your little community? If everyone in it has to have like cash that they can throw around to the tune of about a thousand bucks, you know what I mean? I don't know. seems a little, so the description of this show as it has on the website their manifesto is humans have been telling stories since the dawn of time as stoner cats we believe that storytellers deserve an outlet where they can be valued without having to bow to the machine of big media so we're tilting the model and testing a new architecture using nfts that can connect storytellers directly with their audience and essentially decentralize content production NFT access tokens are the grandfather of the NFT space. Um, yeah, so kind of kind of weird, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe since it's in its early stages, the idea is that the people that are buying the NFTs now are kind of investing in this idea, and maybe in the future it'll be cheaper. I mean, that would be cool. Um, it looks like good animation and the cast includes Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, Seth MacFarlane, Chris Rock, and Jane Fonda as Miss Stoner, aka the matriarch. What? Um, Love Jane yeah, Fonda. Yeah, and all of the pictures that they have on here are of uh cats doing various weed related activities. There's a cat with a joint and a cat with a bong. Wow, this sounds good. Maybe they'll partner up with us. (laughs) Stoner chicks and stoner cats together forever. (laughs) That would be neat, except I don't really want to partner with Mila Kunis. Ashton Kutcher and her, I've seen interviews with both of them recently, and they just seem like the most out-of-touch people. They came to a comedy sports show once in Seattle. Yeah, do you remember that? I wasn't there. I remember hearing about it. I mean, yes, I remember because everyone was that was there thought it was a big deal and there's the picture of them on our wall <laughs> they posed with the cast after it wasn't for the green show was it no it was the no. blue show it was the blue show oh, okay i was like because i don't i don't remember that at all um but yeah anyway so i just wanted to give you an update on this weird stoner cats show that no one can watch <laughs> well if any of you listeners buy into this and get to see an episode let us know how it is (laughs) yeah yeah maybe somehow figure out how to torrent it and set no i'm just kidding piracy (laughs) is illegal (laughs) (laughs) don't be a pirate be a hirate oh that's where you just get high and hang on water yeah that that was pretty bad (laughs) so sorry everybody does anyone remember the TikTok trend where bisexual people were dressing up as pirates? No, that's kind of funny. Yeah, it was really fun. It was just people basically thirst trapping dressed as pirates on TikTok. Oh, I, that explains some TikTok videos I saw. <laughs> I was not, yeah. I just always assume there's people that like the pirate thing. I went as a pirate to a rave once. So. Ooh, fun. You Did went you as a, a pirate? Of, well, like some sort of pirate wrench, wrench, <laughs> wench, like looking lady. I don't know. It was very thirst trappy. I like. Thingy. 
fun. Yeah. Pictures or it didn't happen. I have pictures. <laughs> I have pictures of me as a pirate wench. <laughs> well, not to do with pirate wenches, but Hanukkah is coming up. Isn't that right? In just a few days, it'll be... What's the first day of Hanukkah this year? It's uh, Sunday the 28th at sundown is when it starts. And uh, speaking of which, thank you, Kayla, um, I decided that I wanted to talk about weed and Judaism in another edition of Blazed Beginnings, although I don't know if I've ever actually said that out loud. I was trying to think of alternative titles, and the only other things I could come up with were a Keef History of Time, and <laughs> uh, Hyclopedia Litanica, <laughs> and uh, The Adventures of Wishbong. Oh. Um, <laughs> what's the story, Wishbong? <laughs> um, but yeah, so f- for all intents and purposes, uh, this segment is looking back at where we've come from and talking about where we are now in regards to weed and Judaism. So a uh, little background, I'm half Jewish. My father was Jewish. I was raised Catholic, but a lot of my family members are Jewish and, and friends. It's very close to my heart. Um, so briefly on Hanukkah, in about 200 BC, uh, Judea, the area of Judea was under control of a Syrian king, Antiochus III, and he was pretty chill and would let the Jews do their thing. But then in 168, his son, King Antiochus IV Epiphanes, massacred thousands of Jews in Jerusalem and desecrated the city's holy second temple by erecting an altar of Zeus and slaughtering pigs in the temple. Thanks to a guy named Mattathias and his five sons, though, they were able to hold off the Syrians and kind of recollect themselves. And then Mattathias's son, Judah Maccabee, a.k.a. the Hammer, in 166, drove the Syrians out completely. So once that had happened, he wanted to cleanse the temple and light the menorah, which was a gold candelabrum whose seven branches represented knowledge and creation and who were meant to be kept burning every night. But here's where the miracle comes in. They only had enough uh, pure olive oil to light the menorah for one night. And they couldn't get more because, you know, war-torn stuff. And it ended up burning for eight nights, and they were able to find more olive oil in that time. And so that's why Hanukkah is the festival of lights. It lasts for eight nights. You light a candle on each night. And yeah, it's kind of a cool holiday. So that's just a little bit about Hanukkah, which is coming up this weekend. Now we go to question is when you're saying like 166 and 168 do you mean year 168 like be uh yes sorry the year 168 AD. BCE before the common era BC oh i thought BC standing for before christ um i think that in scholarship it has changed 
to be before the Common Era and then CE Common Era instead of BC and AD. Oh, cool. Some of this information is from Wikipedia. I wanted to give a little modern context. In the United States, the Jewish population is overrepresented among the recreational cannabis-using population. Researchers think that this could be due to urban patterning of residents for Jews, an association of Jewish residents in the academic and avant-garde moments of the cities, and that Jewish families are overall less authoritarian and more tolerant towards, quote-unquote, intellectual experimentation. A study of Toronto high school students showed that more than twice as many Jewish students have used cannabis as Catholic ones. So Hmm. I thought that that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions surrounding uh, how ethical pot smoking is according to Jewish law. And from a book called Pot Politics, Marijuana and the Costs of Prohibition, published in 2006, there's a chapter on marijuana and Judaism. And essentially, it breaks it down into the positions of Orthodox Jews who believe that all precedents are in established Judaic law, and they always go back to a Judaic law in the original text. Conservatives think it's more that the rabbis of each generation can interpret and apply the law. And then Reformed Jews believe much more in individual autonomy in the interpretation of texts and their relationship to God and the religion. So in a 1973 assessment, they asked rabbis to rule on whether ingesting marijuana was legal according to Jewish law. And essentially, most said no, because one, they said it interferes with the study of Torah and the performance of commandments. Two, it leads to slavish sensuousness. So in the Bible, basically, it says, like, you know, don't give in to... Like, just in case it makes you horny? (laughs) (laughs) Just in case. Like, don't smoke it, you might get horny. (laughs) Yeah, sort of, but sort of like <laughs> horny, horny for things that make you feel good, like lusting after feelings. You That's know, my entire and... philosophy behind life. Yeah, I'm <laughs> finding exactly. the things I'm horny for and going for them. Sex right. is not even that high on the list, but a lot of things I'm horny for in life, <laughs> like yeah. corn dogs. Oh yeah, performing in front of people, applause, people telling me I'm great, <laughs> friendship, a really soft sweatshirt, a cat. <laughs> And the third not horny for my cat that way. (laughs) So the third main reason they gave was that it violates Deuteronomy twenty two eight, which says you shall not place anything dangerous in your house. And this is interpreted to be against anything likely to be harmful. And this one rabbi said that the fact that it is not harmful, it being marijuana, the fact that it is not harmful to a person does not preclude the chance that it may be one day. And it's like, okay, well, we could say that about a lot of things. Anyway, um, that said, another Orthodox rabbi said that it could be used in moderation like alcohol. And there's a lot of discussion of how like, okay, well, alcohol is intoxicating and we use this in rituals to moderation. As long as it's not used in excess, then what's the problem? Um, 
that said, there's, you know, still rabbis who are against it. Um, alcohol use has a long tradition of going back to the very beginning of our history. Um, they say it its use has been both socialized and sanctified. Marijuana has no historical process of socialization and sanctification. Wrong. <laughs> That's so wrong. And I will tell you why. Mm-hmm. So I did research into historical precedents for the use of cannabis in Judaism. And one source that I went to was, of course, our dear David Bienenstock, um, both in an article on Vice and an episode of Great Moments in Weed History called Did Jesus Use Cannabis to Perform Healing Miracles? And in this article, he talks about how in the Torah, uh, cannabosum, is referred to as part of ritual offerings Moses is instructed to give to God. That God says, this shall be a holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations. So cannabosum was originally translated as calamus, which is another kind of flowering plant that does have medicinal purposes. But in 1936, a Polish etymologist named Sula Benet reinterpreted this as Khan meaning reed or hemp, and bosom meaning aromatic. Um, she explained that in the original Hebrew text of the Old Testament, there are references to hemp both as incense, which was an integral part of religious celebration, and as an intoxicant. And what actually they have recently found in 2020 is that Ancient Israelites burned cannabis as part of their religious rituals, and a well-preserved substance found in a 2,700-year-old temple in Tel Arad has been identified as cannabis, including its psychoactive compound, THC. Researchers concluded that cannabis may have been burned in order to induce a high among worshipers. Damn. Yeah, Cool. I love that God and Moses were just like, terps up. (laughs) Twenty seven hundred years old. Yeah, so old. And not only was it used as incense, but there is an argument made by David Bienenstock coming from, you know, other scholars that when God and then Jesus is talking about anointing oils and actually Christ means the anointed that it was sort of like weed oil. Wait, what am I trying to think? Like um tincture? Yeah, like CBD yeah. oil or Yeah, like a topical a topical weed thing. Anyway, so In Exodus, it says that a healer of local renown would infuse nine pounds of a plant known in Aramaic as cannabosum into about six quarts of olive oil, along with essential extracts of myrrh, cinnamon, and cassia. And then it was applied topically and absorbed transdermally. That had THC in it. Yeah, seriously. And let's see, what else am I missing here. Yeah, cannabosum can also be rendered in traditional Hebrew as canna or cannabus. So hello, that sounds a lot like cannabis. Mm-hmm. And in a miracle that Jesus performed for a sick little girl, it sounds like her symptoms line up with epilepsy. Oh my gosh, and there it is. 
and in recent years, there has been a movement to use cannabis as a way to treat seizure disorders in people in general, but also in children. Yeah. And there's a I lot of evidence. I listened to a really cool podcast on that sometime, and I will rack my brain to see if I can figure out what it is to put in the show notes, because it was about a mother whose young child had seizures and the marijuana helped and there was a lot of issue over if that was legal and doctors not wanting to give it to her because she was so young and it was fascinating and the first time I ever heard anything about that. Yeah, it's um, it's really cool. So leaving Jesus behind, I also found information from a Jewish Boston article by Miriam Anzavin, who after Massachusetts legalized cannabis in 2016, reached out to a bunch of Massachusetts rabbis to ask them about historical precedents. And one rabbi said, it shouldn't be a shock that cannabis uses are discussed in the Tanakh, Talmud, uh, Shulchan, Aruch, and other sources, and that weed has turned into a modern-day economic powerhouse industry for the state of Israel. Israel brings in billions of dollars a year on their cannabis industry. Um, so from the Talmud and various midrash, which are basically interpretations of Jewish law and God's word by rabbis over the centuries, it, they do discuss the growing of fields of cannabis. Uh, codes of Jewish law mention using cannabis for Shabbat wicks, so the lighting of candles for the Sabbath. And many sources talk about cannabis as a staple in Jewish clothing since it doesn't absorb spiritual impurity. It was also commonly used as an anesthetic during childbirth, which like, hell yeah. <laughs> and then in the 16th century, Rabbi Ban Solomon Ibn Abi Zimra, known as Radbaz, chief rabbi of Cairo, um, said, or he, he marked himself as pro-weed when he proclaimed that leaves of cannabis make one happy. And there's some debate over that, you know, translation and stuff. But I mean, given all of the other evidence that is coming up, it's not that far of a stretch. And then she also said, indeed, in 2016, the Orthodox Union started giving kosher certification to medical marijuana products, allowing companies like Mitzvah Herbal in California to sell Hexared products, um, which are, I guess, certified kosher products. Um, there is some discussion of whether cannabis is kosher, and what it comes down to is that it's a plant and plants are sort of amoral. So it's like kind of a moot point a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but there's, you know, so, basically Orthodox Judaism is really strict about medication, even vitamins. There's like laws on it. And so I think a lot of Orthodox rabbis are still afraid to endorse this, and it sounds like in part because of the effects of U.S. prohibition on marijuana and, and how that kind of spread a mentality of it being harmful. Uh, but this one guy, this one rabbi was ask, answering a question on Chabad.org, and someone had said, hey, is there any room in our spiritual practice for cannabis? And he went on to this whole thing saying that 
like before your soul came down into this world it was high the ultimate high soul descends and invests within a walking talking slab of collagen matrices body thinks for itself and doesn't want to listen to the soul soul works with body gradually soul refines body body becomes soul like soul discovers its quintessential being that's why the best way i know to get high is by sinking my head into a deep pot of hasidic teachings <laughs> the real high can only can happen only by working with that body not escaping it by prying open the doors of your perception step by step stretching its limits a little more each day engaging your senses which like i would argue weed make, helps me to do that yeah, like expand my your endocannabinoid system, part of the body that's built to process cannabis, lights up, and I would say it could be. A, I would disagree and say it could be a tool to help you achieve, you know, ascension using your body. That brings us to the modern day, where in media. Jews are very vocal about being weed users. There's actually a podcast called Sufficiently High by mm -hmm. two Jewish women. Um, high meaning life, uh, as in lechayim, if you have ever heard of that toast. So Sufficiently High, and they kind of talk about Torah, but they also have a bit that's like, is this kosher? And they just talk about like sexual scenarios anyway but they're they're huge stoners um that's really cool and then also there's a woman named Catherine Goldberg who's a marijuana entrepreneur and you can't smoke weed or smoke anything during uh, Shabbat the you know the the Sabbath because you can't use fire like you can't light things but Havdalah which is the separation and it's a Shabbat's closing ritual. She started this thing in Brooklyn where it's called Chai Havdalah and everyone comes together and does the Havdalah and smokes weed. So I think that that's really cool. And then the last thing that I'll say is that just like with, as we saw with the witches and weed, there's so much representation of Jewish weed smokers in media right now. <laughs> oh my god. Grace is showing us a picture of a a, a menorah, but a it's a bong. <laughs> yep. There's so many bowls in that menorah. There's so do you smoke eight. a different one each night? Oh my god. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Oh my god, I guess so. Well, the thing is, is like you light one candle and then it burns out, and so then on the second night you light two candles, and then on the third night you light three candles. Oh, so man. maybe you would just have to get like higher and, and higher, higher and higher. <laughs> and then see, you didn't see that, but the ship shipping was four twenty. The flat rate shipping was four twenty. <laughs> oh my god! I oh I just noticed that this is a four hundred dollar menorah. And then the only other things I want to say is that when you look on Etsy for Jewish stoners, there's um, a lot of material. We've got a sweatshirt that has a menorah and it says blaze it. <laughs> we have Hanukkah cannabis leggings, a kippah um, or yarmulke that has weed on it. Oh. And then is this... Oh, and then there's a picture that says Happy Chronica. <laughs> so all Cute. of this is to say that 
Uh, weed is seemingly ever present in the Jewish tradition over millennia at this point. And I love that. And uh, while we head into the Festival of Lights, uh, keep your Jewish stoner friends in mind and maybe maybe get a really expensive bong menorah. <laughs> yeah, if you got some cash, don't buy cryptocurrency to watch stoner cats. Buy your Jewish friends a bong menorah. Well, thank you, Grace. That was awesome. I'm really excited to go into the Festival of Lights with all this new knowledge. Yeah, yeah. thanks. I know it was kind of long, but it was really fun researching. Wait, fuck. I didn't even think Ross, our friend Ross Vitality, was so wonderful. I emailed him asking him for help finding that chapter that I was talking about in the Prohibition book. And he sent me like three articles. I didn't even get through all of them, but he is once again, Stoner Chicks MVP. So thank you, Ross. Thanks, thank Ross. you, Ross. Thanks little researcher that we have. And now I'm going to smoke some weed. I'm also going to smoke some weed. I'm about to light up a joint. I almost never smoke joints by myself because I'm a bong girl. But this joint is called Danny DeWido. <laughs> It's by Fire Bros. All killer, no filler, quality defined. What's the That's name good. of the company? Fire Bros. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it because the name Danny DeWido made me laugh really hard and the bud tender recommended it. So that's like two for two. I've never... As far as I, I'm sure I have smoked Fire Bros before, but not aware of it. Okay, so I'm lighting up Danny DeWido. I did have a friend that asked when I told her the name, said, oh, is it a little short joint? <laughs> and it's not. It's normal size. <laughs> not to say Danny DeVito's not normal size. He's just shorter than the average. Okay, yeah. anyway, I'm lighting yes, up the joint. It's true. It's true. You're not wrong. And uh, Phoebe sent us a picture of this joint when she purchased it, and it triggered in our group chat us making celebrity weed name puns. Do you mind if I read off some of them? Oh, please do. I read them to Ben last night. (laughs) Okay, Grace types. Eva Bongoria. (laughs) Weeda Wilson. Salma Hayek. (laughs) Emily Blunt. (laughs) That one made me laugh the hardest because it's just her name. And then Grace says, after we're all dying laughing, Reefer Sutherland. And then Stephanie says, Bong old Sutherland, his dad too. <laughs> Bong old Sutherland fucking got me. I have a huge, weird crush on Bong old Sutherland. <laughs> Ronald Sutherland, his dad? Uh, Donald, yeah. Ronald Kila, who are you talking about? You don't know who Donald Sutherland is? No. Okay. Did you ever did you ever see the Italian job? Am I thinking of the right person? No, no. She'll uh do um the Hunger Games. He's in that. Yeah, he's in the Hunger Games. I know the Hunger Games. He's uh Snow. Oh, cool. He's the bad he guy. He was like a sex symbol in the seventies and he's a very seventy sex symbol because he's not traditionally attractive it was like the 70s heyday of men that look a certain way that wouldn't be popular today i guess we love that. anyway i mean this out of love i love donald sutherland in the 70s invasion of the body snatchers starring donald sutherland and jeff goldblum one of my fave movies 
Okay, I just Googled Donald Sutherland 70s, and I see a photo from British HQ where he's got long hair and a cap. He's all right. He looks a lot like a, somebody that I frequently have as a director for musicals. <laughs> That's very funny. It's just like him. I get what you're saying, Steph, though, that he that he has like definitely a hot vibe going on even as an older person. Like in in the Italian job, he definitely plays a hot hot dad. Okay, I'm no, seeing he's... him with long hair and a beard, and yeah, that is 70s daddy energy right there. He's in a movie called Don't Look Now. It's really good from the 70s where he and Jane Fonda have a sex scene where supposedly they really had sex. It was talked <gasps> I about a see. lot. What? Sorry, I'm a creep. <laughs> I mean, it's a normal-seeming sex scene when you watch it in the movie. It's a 70s sex scene, but supposedly the crew just ended up, after they got the shot, being like, oh, they're still going, and just turned out the lights and left. A part of me doesn't know if I believe that story. <laughs> Kayla, I don't think it makes you a creep that you want to watch sex happening. I mean, <laughs> what's what's porn, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to say right now that Danny DeWito is pretty good. Oh, yeah? He's got How a nice yeah. perfumey flavor. Mm-hmm. I had kind of a, not stressful for any good reasons, but just day of like confusion, miscommunication, and being stuck in traffic. So it's nice to now just be puffing on a J. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm glad that Danny DeWito worked out for you. Yeah, and now we're going to see how Danny DeWito works out for me, having just smoked it, and doing the handles. But hey, it's the end of our episode, and that means I'm going to try to tell you a bunch of cool things. One, thank you for listening. If you want to show us your appreciation, you can join Patreon, where we have other episodes, bonus content, behind-the-scene photos. (laughs) I made a playlist once. Kayla, what's the Patreon I think it's just patreon.com slash stonerchicks. There you go. Also, you can go to our website, stonerchickspodcast.com, and that has links to all of our things and info on upcoming shows. It was designed by Stoner Chick Kayla. That's cool. And on there, you can find out about our Twitter, which is Broccoli Broads. Nope. Our TikTok can... is Broccoli Broads. Our Twitter is Stoner Chicks Pod. <laughs> Thank you, Kayla. And our Instagram is Stoner Chicks Podcast. And our Facebook, if you care, is Stoner Chicks Podcast for 2069. Facebook.com slash for No, it's Facebook.com slash Stoner Chicks for 2069. Y'all, I just noticed in most episodes, everyone stops listening during this part. They don't know how funny it can be because we are it's so, so funny. high. We can't. Most importantly, it. you should either write us an email with your high thoughts, dear Stephanie at stonerchickspodcast at gmail.com or write us a letter. Send us actual snail mail. I check the P.O. box. Well, I was checking every day, but things weren't coming. So now I check once a week. Not to guilt trip you. If you want to write us an email, though, it's uh, stonerchickspodcast, P.O. box 80586, Seattle, Washington, 98108. And you know what? I'm ending it there. Hey, Kayla, what do stoners always say? All right, Moses, I've got this jar of Terps. It's going to taste and look like olive oil. Don't let your kids have it. Have fun. Love God. Thanks for listening.
Thank you for listening to the Stoner Chicks Podcast. We want to thank our editor, Shari Junko, the composer of our theme music, Jessica Damari, and Ben Redder and AJ Dent for creating our rad cover art. Email us your high thoughts at stonerchickspodcasts at gmail and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stoner Chicks Podcast. Bye!